Hello, welcome to the Doing CX Right podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, devoted to helping leaders like you intentionally increase brand loyalty and cultivate better relationships by doing customer experience right. Not talking or thinking about it, but really taking action and doing experience management the right way. This show is about guided steps to achieve better human and business outcomes, which has nothing to do with competing on price. This season of shows digs deep into new research and case studies reviewed with highly acclaimed authors and experts. Plus, you'll hear my insights as a practitioner working with various sectors and organizations. Besides business, you'll also hear personal stories and invaluable lessons to fuel your personal growth as we bring our whole self to work. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit and subscribe to my newsletter at doingcxright.com for updates and helpful resources to advance your business and career. Today, I'm talking to Andrew Carothers, who is a senior customer experience leader and founding member of Cisco's CX Function. We're diving deep into four foundational steps for scaling a modern customer experience organization to achieve greater financial benefits. You'll learn tactical ways to improve renewal rates and drive revenue growth through digital engagement and other key strategies. This episode isn't just what to do, but how to do CX right at a time where humans and emerging technology coexist in the workforce. There's a lot to unpack, so let's get started. Hello, Andrew Carruthers. Welcome to the Doing CX Right show. Hi, Stacey. Great to be here. I'm a big fan of the show, so I'm really, really excited to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot to me, really. And to have you on the show talking in depth with me about our favorite topics. But before we get started, I'd like to know, tell the audience, who are you? What do you do for a living? Yep. I am a digital customer experience leader at Cisco Systems. So um, working to scale our customer experience function um, across all of our partners. And Cisco is a partner-based business. So 90% of our business goes through partners. So we need to scale to our millions of customers in over 100 countries directly, as well as through our partners. That's what I work on. Mm, That's a big job and a big company. (laughs) Definitely. So what triggered you to focus on customer experience and digital especially? Well, like a lot of people, I started my career in marketing and public relations. I wrote a book called The PR Handbooks. I was very much focused on marketing. And when I started working at Cisco, I started in services field marketing. Um, then Cisco started to make its transformation from a hardware-based business to a recurring revenue basis, um, focused on mm-hmm. software and services and subscription-based revenue. So that necessitated the creation of a customer experience function. So I jumped at the opportunity. I was in the right place at the right time. And I jumped at the opportunity to be one of 100 people who started the CX function at Cisco. Half of those 100 were renewal managers. And the other half of us were building out sort of the operational element with a heavy emphasis on on digital so that we could scale it out. So 60,000 employees and 
a hundred of us were dipping our toe into building this, this CX function. And it just seemed like an exciting opportunity that I wanted to take advantage of. And that was, that was probably about 12, 13 years ago. Mm. So CX, customer experience, what does doing CX right mean to you based on your experiences? So I've, I've had the opportunity to be at the, at the birth of CX within Cisco and also early on in the, in the development of the discipline itself. And so having watched its roots and where it came from and how it's developed, I've come to the conclusion that, that what customers want is, is not so much a great product, but rather an elevated experience that guides them to the outcomes that are most important to them. Big picture, that means getting the value out of the product or the service that they purchase. Micro level, it means I need to find information to, to help me solve a problem today. Whatever the customer is looking for, it's the, it's the experience they have in going from point A, which is I've got a problem, to point B, which is I found a solution in a simple, direct way, usually self-directed. And so, you know, sort of what that means is that, that companies tend to focus their customer experience efforts when they're building them out as a human-based model. They hire CSMs um, and they focus in on their largest customers, figuring that's where the dollar value is. That's where they want to drive the greatest loyalty. And while I think that's important, important what I've learned that when it comes to doing CX right, it means that every customer needs to have a successful path to, to get from point A to point B. It means that all customers expect the type of, of approach and the type of ease of doing business with a company that all customers receive. Most customers, even large ones, are more than happy, if not prefer, to have a digital-first approach. They want to self-serve. According to Salesforce, 57% of B2B customers um, want to be self-serve and have switched vendors specifically to get a, a better experience. And I'll add one, one more stat in here. Gartner Group has done research that shows that customer experience is not just something that's important to customers when they've purchased, but rather it's the third most important buying criteria pre-purchase, more important than price. So number one is, is does this, does this uh, product or service that I'm looking at purchase, does it do what I want it to do, right? Does it meet my need? Number two is, what's the quality like of it? And number three is, what's my experience going to be? Which really is, am I going to be able to get the value that's promised to me? Even more important than price. So to me, doing CX right means providing every customer with the opportunity to successfully solve for their needs and get the value out of what they're looking for. You talked about before subscription model and that reoccurring revenue. When you define CX and doing it right, would you say the answer varies on the model of subscription versus where Cisco originally started? Yeah, it's, it's, it's night and day. Where we started, we sold hardware. And we still sell a lot of hardware. Um, but when we were a hardware-only company, there are a couple of things that are different from that business model to recurring revenue business model for both Cisco as well as our customers. So selling hardware, we got paid in advance. Um, and we sold hardware that, by and large, wouldn't get refreshed, wouldn't get changed for roughly 8 to 10 years. So in that kind of a model, the focus is on 
the, the upfront sale. And there's not a lot of focus on, is the customer getting value? Because when we were selling high-cost hardware, then our customers built an infrastructure around Cisco. They hired IT staff. They were trained in Cisco. So even if they wanted to switch to a different vendor for whatever reason, product preference, experience preference, whatever it might be, they have a lot of sunk costs in Cisco. So the barriers to exit for a customer were very high. Now, we continued to provide great service. We were known for it, great product. So we continue to do that. But in a recurring revenue model and in a subscription model, especially selling software, now it's different. Now we're in the age of the customer where the barriers to exit for a customer, the barriers to switch to a competitor are very low. And those contracts that, that are not paid up front, they're paid on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis. So customers can switch every month, quarter, maybe year, as opposed to being locked in for an eight to 10 year period. That means that we need to provide them with not only high quality services and, and software and solutions, but we also need to provide them, the, the onus is on us as the vendor to provide customers with an easy path to getting the value that they're looking for, the value that they paid for. Because if they don't, they'll leave, right? In the old days of hardware only and customers paying up front, I hope they get value, not our main concern. Main concern was selling. In, in this age of the customer, absolutely it is, on, is incumbent on us as the vendors, the manufacturer, to make sure that our customers get value. And because, as I mentioned, we're a partner-based business and 90% mm -hmm. of our business goes through partners, we need to make sure that our partners um, understand that the age of the customer are enabled to provide the level of customer service um, that customers expect because oftentimes our customers have a much closer relationship with the partner that they bought from as opposed to the manufacturer. So yeah. we need to make sure that our partners are enabled and we need to be in lockstep with our partners as we're sharing data back and forth between our teams and the partners' teams and our customers. So it's a much more complex environment that we live in today versus when we were simply selling hardware. Yeah. So what's the takeaway for other businesses or, or leaders who are trying to do CX right in the reoccurring revenue model versus those that are not? What, what are some of the to-dos that they can do to actually create that better customer experience? What have you learned of some actions? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of things that, that companies can do, whether they're looking to start a, a CX function or whether they're looking to optimize what they already have. And it's a, there, there are sort of broadly kind of four buckets that I would say um, customers, companies would do well to focus in on. Um, one is you've got to take a digital first approach. Like I mentioned, all customers are digital. Even our largest customers, our Boeings, our Johnson & Johnsons, et cetera, are people who expect a digital first approach. Now, that's a mind shift change. It used to be pre-pandemic, um, and we saw this change happening pre-pandemic as well, but the pandemic accelerated these changes. But it used to be that people thought, well, larger customers expect a white glove treatment. They expect a, a CSM or a customer success executive um, who's going to walk them through everything. And that's what they want. Um, sort of like in sales, the counterpart being in sales, customers want to be wined and dined. The larger customers want to be wined and dined. 
And that's that was the prevailing wisdom for both B2B sales and B2B technology sales, but also in the consumer world as well. But what we've seen is the blending of B2C and B2B is sort of B2E, meaning B2E, everything. Yeah. Um, and the two sides mm-hmm. are sort of influencing each other. So even in the consumer world, customers are certainly going a digital-first approach or low-dollar, kind of low-risk things. Think of going to Amazon and buying books or whatever it might be. But we're also seeing in the consumer world, customers are making significant, complex, high-dollar purchases in a in a digital fashion. Think of home loans. I mean, it doesn't get more extensive and, and expensive and high-risk as a home loan. And now we have customers, there are people out there buying you know, half a million or million dollar homes, getting mortgages for them completely online. So the same thing applies in the B2B world where our largest customers are individuals who want to solve a problem or find information on their own terms as quickly as possible. That may be going to um, our customer communities to find information from their peers. It may be going to our website. It may be going to various social media channels. It may be at three in the morning because they can't sleep. It, it may be when they're feeding their child lunch, you know, in the middle of the day. They don't want to get on the phone and talk to somebody. They don't want to work on, you know, connect with the chatbot. They just want to find things themselves. That said, customers, large and small, also want a human fallback. So it's important to take not a digital only approach, but digital first with a human hybrid approach so that customers can easily get in touch with a human if they can't find what they want digitally on their own first, right? If they can't self-serve, um, help them quickly get get in touch with somebody. So that's one. Yes. Think about it in your first approach. Yes. So um, we're going to take each one apart for a second. So the first one, what I love what you said about BDE. That's I had not heard it that way. And I love that. The second thing is, for people listening is the importance of understanding your customer and how do they want to get help. And that requires the upfront design of that journey and validating with them. Because if you only give them a website, but they really want to chat, well, then you miss the mark. So That's exactly right. Yes, exactly right. And that that work to develop the journey in conjunction with the customer as opposed to assuming what the customer wants, vital. Yes. All right, tell me number two. All right, number two, get your CX house in order, to to, to put it bluntly. That means aligning the entire company around the function of CX, taking inventory of all of your customer-facing assets and building the digital foundation that supports real-time data sharing and robust automation and orchestration and AI strategies. So busting down silos within the company, which honestly is one of the easiest things to say, one of the most obvious things, and yet one of the hardest things to do, especially for a legacy company like Cisco. People have built their own data silos, their own application silos, their own processes, Purpose-built for their need, whether that be sales, whether that be you know digital sales, whether that be customer success, whatever it might be, whether it be different business units selling different things within an organization, 
all these different silos get created and get hardened, that makes it very hard to be able to connect all of the information in the processes because a customer, certainly from Cisco's standpoint, and I would suggest most companies' customers, don't just buy one thing from a customer. They buy, I mean, from a company. They have multiple points of interaction. So from Cisco, they're buying collaboration software like WebEx. They're buying security software. They're buying um, application optimization software. They're buying a variety of things from us. Um, and it's not necessarily the same individual within a customer that's working with different parts of the company. And then there's purchasing and you know, requisition, et cetera. So if we're siloed, we've had customers tell us in the past, working with you is like working with eight or nine different companies. And if I want to take that approach, I'll go best to breed for those eight or nine different companies. You have great products, but the value add is the opportunity to work with one company for all of my needs, right? So that the way to be able to provide that for our customers is getting our house in order by connecting everything and then being able to automate as much as that as possible, processes, data flow, et cetera, so that we can very quickly get the information into customers' hands that they want and be able to predict, because we've got all the data connected, to be able to predict where is this customer in their journey on a particular product or service or solution adoption? Or do they have a renewal coming up? How does that tie to other renewals they have coming up? So that we can provide a, a cohesive experience to our customers as opposed to a bunch of one-off, you know, random hits at them. Yes. So I think what really resonates for me, I don't think I know what resonates for me deeply is silos and having worked on the brand side for many, many years, I know that there's data silos and there's human silos. And that's what companies have the opportunity to bring together. And journey mapping certainly brings the humans together and the IT departments working with the business units for the technology and breaking those silos is important too. So just wanted to highlight that what you're talking about is so important and there's opportunities for people to break the silos. Yes, yes. Tell me number three. Number three, embrace AI. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Um, start figuring it out and start figuring out how can you apply it to CX? Because in my view, AI is a game changer for CX, for, for customer experience. It can help us drive smarter, faster, more predictive customer experiences um, in both digital uh, applications as well as human-assisted applications. So think of a, of a, of a support center. Um, so for example, AI-powered chatbots can provide customers a self-service tool for first-line inquiries and it, as well as assist live call agents um, with quicker, more accurate technical support. Another example would be using AI companies can automate repetitive and time-consuming CX tasks that are going to enable them uh, to reduce time or cost or the potential for human error. Um, so there are all sorts of opportunities for AI to make CX more efficient and scalable. And then additionally, there's, there's generative AI and there's sort of, for lack of a better term, traditional AI and, and machine learning. That can help us with real-time processing of scores of customer data. So again, it gets back to breaking the silos and, and bringing all the data together. 
to be able to provide the type of sort of immediate, contextually relevant information that customers want. So to be able to do that and to be able to do that in a predictive, omni-channel way is, is something that AI is going to be able to bring. So generative AI, machine learning, um, they're being used to personalize customer recommendations, anticipate future needs, uh, help mitigate risks as customers go through the lifestyle. So I'm saying like the best time to start getting involved and in bringing AI into your CX was six months ago. And the second best time is today. Embrace mm. it. So as we're coming, uh, we're more than halfway here. I want to make sure people are getting some tips on with the AI. How do they begin? People are afraid of the AI. They know with what you're talking about that you've got to deploy it. So what do you suggest where there's a company just kind of trying to adopt it in transformation? Where should they begin? So the first thing that I would do would be to put together a, uh, you know, a tiger team that would involve people from CX, people from IT, people from marketing, people from sales, you know, however broad you want to make this, right? Whatever applications you think you might want to drive in. You want to bring in the, the technical support team? Is that an area you want to... So wherever you want to start, bring it in, but lead it from CX and make sure that IT is involved and start to figure out what are the different... Don't So instead of looking at what are the applications out there, should we be looking at ChatGPT? Or, there are hundreds of, of AI-related applications that are out there. Start figuring out what are the two or three problems that we want to solve? What have we been struggling with? What have our customers or our partners been asking for that to date we haven't been allowed to, we haven't, we haven't been able to solve for? Figure out then, right? Is it, is it speed? Is it optimization? Is it, is it analyzing data? Is it automation? Figure that out in the specific application for it. Then, that will then lead the course to, all right, how do we then apply AI? What type of AI? Should we be building uh, work in-house or should we be bringing in applications that are already built and applying mm -hmm. them internally? One yeah. of the nice things about AI and, and sort of the, the rapid development of it, I'm now starting to see the development of turnkey applications that companies can bring in-house as opposed to companies having to build uh, from scratch. So it's getting easier to apply AI. But first, be aligned internally about what, you're, what problem you're trying to solve with AI, as opposed to, let me just get some of that AI because it's hot. Yeah, don't check boxes for sure. Your fourth methodology or foundation yep. that you've been talking about. Yeah, this is, this is equally as important as all the other ones. Measure, but measure what matters. And that last part, the what matters, is where companies start to trip up. So CX is still a relatively new discipline. It's still searching for its rightful place. And that means there are a variety of different scoring or measurement um, metrics that people are looking at, right? They're looking at customer lifetime value, uh, CSAT or customer satisfaction score, net promoter score, NPS, variety of different ways. And I would break up measurement into two important areas. One is internal processes. So how are we able to serve our customers faster or better and define better, right? So look at your internal processes and how you're able to better serve the customer. 
And then also look at things that affect your, that are your customers' measurements. So, for example, at Cisco, we measure things like what stage of adoption are our customers in for different products and how quickly are we able to move customers along that adoption cycle? Because, the, you know, the whole idea of, of adoption is to get them from point A to point B, where point B is success. And if they have success, what impact does that have? So we measure where are they on their success cycle? How quickly are we moving them along? Quarter over quarter, are we improving the speed that we are moving our customers, you know, writ large over our adoption journey? And then stratifying that and breaking that down into types of customers or geography, you know, et cetera, to understand in more depth. But then also looking at what's the correlation between um, renewal levels for those customers based on, based on, you know, as they go farther in their adoption cycle, are they renewing more? Are they renewing faster? Is there an up, you know, what's the upscale connected with that renewal? So looking at the actual actions of the customer and measuring those is as important as measuring internal processes and how well you're optimizing those. Mm. I love a quote I read you said, which is that customer experience is now it's in its teenage years. What does that mean to you? <laughs> yes. So when I say that, what I mean is the customer experience function is uh, is real, right? It, it's no longer a child. I, every, yeah. it, it's grown to a level where um, there are plenty of CX books, like the CX Professional Association, certifications, there are CX awards, there are CX consultants, there are um, recruiters who specialize in the CX field. It's a discipline that has reached a maturity level. However, I say it's at its teenage years because it's still trying to figure out who am I going to be when I grow up, right? What, if, what am I going to be called? Is it customer success? Is it customer experience? Is it something else? Where do I sit in an organization? Should it be in marketing? Should it be in sales? Should it be in, I've seen it in engineering. Uh, where should I report? Should I report to the CEO or the C-level? Should I report in some other part of the company? Like sort of some key foundational elements. What am I called? Where do I report? <laughs> it's still trying to figure out what it's, what it's going to be when it grows up. So I figure, I think in five to 10 years, these questions will be answered. And CX will have moved out of its out of its teen years, but for now, it's no longer a child. It's not an adult. It's in the teen years. Absolutely, I love that description. Well, rapid fire questions. We've got about three minutes here. What is the best leadership advice you've received or given? Best advice I've ever gotten from a leadership perspective: yeah. clarity is kindness. Mm. And what does that mean to you? Yeah, so it means be clear with the people that you're managing or the people that you're trying to influence if you don't manage them directly. Be clear about what you're looking for. Be clear about the value to the organization and to them. Be clear with constructive criticism, right? That's a hard one. A lot of times people, uh, they don't want to come across as mean or hurt somebody's feelings. And what I'm saying, what I was told and believe is being clear even if it's with information that somebody may not want to hear, that's still a kindness. That's a gift. Yeah. So clarity is kindness. Love that. And if I had a ton of leaders in my room right now of all business sizes, 
What's the one key takeaway you want them to remember? Every customer matters. Every customer expects to have a simple, clear path to success. And if you don't provide it, they're going to leave you for a competitor. Very true. And finally, my favorite, if you could go back in time to your younger 20-year-old self, based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Andrew? Oh, younger Andrew, I thought about this a lot. Don't hesitate. Go forward with conviction in yourself, curiosity, uh, and kindness, and everything will work out. It may not work out in a linear fashion. It doesn't mean that um, my career would have been accelerated in, in, in the straight path, but it means it will work out. So just don't hesitate. Just go, lean in, go. Don't hesitate and trust the process. Yes, <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Looking like a Philadelphia you. sports fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for being here. And I enjoyed your wisdom and time. And I will make sure that people know where to find you in the show notes and all this valuable information. So appreciate you. Thank you, Stacey. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show and to talk with you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.